Adventure comes in many forms. Some require more skill than others, mainly to keep you safe, but in many aspects it also protects your budget. Chat Sapphire is inviting all 4x4 enthusiasts, novices and the guys who've seen some action to join us on our new journey with Willy Pretorius, President of the Jeep Club South Africa and KZN Training Instructor for Off-Road 4x4 Training Academy. Willy, thank you so much for joining the team here at Chat Sapphire. Hi, Teeth. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm really looking forward to this opportunity uh, to expand your guys' knowledge on the 4x4 environment and what it all entails. For me personally, it's a brand new experience. I know nothing about 4x4 um, and it's a huge topic. So where do we start? Well, I think that's where we can start is by explaining to you, who knows nothing at all, what it's all about. Um, I think just as a journey for us going forward, we're going we're gonna to have to treat this as let's start right from the beginning and explain to, to a person. And then we'll obviously have some questions coming up from that. And I want you to ask those questions and, and, and get involved. So let's start off with where 4x4ing started in terms of motor vehicles. Um, the very first motorized vehicles, as you know, were, were those steam-driven first little vehicles. And they were based on horse carts. Now, if you think of a horse cart, how the wheels are attached to the horse cart, what is, what is your thoughts on that? How do you think those wheels are attached to the axle well, I was going to say, obviously, an axle that, you know, has a wheel on either side, but I've, I'm not mechanical at all, so you're going to have well, to explain so it to me. 100%. So that's where the whole uh, theory comes in. So we need to understand where that development comes from. Now, the first horse carts, um, the axle is actually attached to the body of the vehicle, and the wheels are freewheeling on the axle. Now, there's a very good reason for that, and what do you think that is? Well, all I can think is in those days, roads were not even, and, you know, if it was a very rigid structure, you'd just have one bump and the wheel would go. Well, that's to an extent true. The wheels need to be able to move at different speeds, but the main reason for that is so that the vehicle can turn without dragging one of the wheels. Now, if you think about it, when you're going around a corner with a vehicle with more than one wheel, they need to be able to travel at different speeds. Your outside wheel will always need to travel faster than your in inside wheel. Now that was easy with a horse-driven cart because you're just dragging the cart and going around the corner. Um, the wheels are freewheeling and it sort of happened naturally. Just happens naturally. Mm. But when they started getting the first motorized vehicles like the, the steam-driven cars and those kind of vehicles, they had to then deliver power to the wheels. So it's key to understand how that power is then delivered. Um, if you would guess how many of the wheels were driven in the very first vehicles, how many wheels were actually attached to the drivetrain of the engine? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> Just take a wild guess. Was two maybe, out of a four-wheel Maybe vehicle. one, because it was simple. Uh, I don't know. That's exactly right. But there's also a reason for the, for only one being attached, is if you attach both wheels and 
deliver power to both, then your vehicle will have that same problem where it won't be able to turn because the wheels need to be able to move at dis different speeds. So initially to overcome that, they then just attach the one wheel so that the other wheel can then travel at a different speed. So when the vehicle is cornering, you don't have any issues with that. But didn't that then mean that you could only turn in one direction? Um, not necessarily. Obviously, it made it a little bit more difficult to turn in the one direction because if, you, if you're giving the power to the inside wheel, the, your vehicle will try and move straight. But for those type of vehicles with the amount of power they had, it didn't really give you that much of a problem. But as soon as they then started moving up in power, then that became the challenge. And in the mid-1800s, they actually started developing what we rely on today as the modern differential. And what the differential does in just simple terms is, and that's what's key to understand in the 4x4 world, is the differential gives the power to the faster turning wheel. Or in other words, it actually allows one wheel to travel slower without giving it power. If you understand that concept, just, uh, just wrap your mind around it a little bit. What that means is when your vehicle is cornering in a direction, the inside wheel is allowed to travel slower, which means it's not getting power. Otherwise, your vehicle will want to pull straight and the power is then going to the outside wheel, which is going to have to travel faster to go around the corner. I've heard people talk about a diff lock. Is that part of this process? Or? That's part of the development in the vehicles, which we'll get to at a later stage. But that's the differential is where the, the real um, understanding happens where you got to understand what the differential does and where it actually puts the power um, of your vehicle. Now, when your vehicle is on the road, that's really perfect because then your power is coming from your drive train through your drive shaft to the rear wheels and the power is going to both wheels. And it then allows the one wheel to travel slower without getting power and the outside wheel is getting power. But then the challenge comes when you go off-road with that vehicle. So as soon as one of those wheels lift up in the air oh. or loses grip, but for the sake of our understanding, we're going to use the analogy that it's actually lifting off the ground. So what happens with that wheel that's lifting off the ground? Well, it's obviously now no longer part of the system. It's got I, no I, resistance, yeah. yeah, and it's traveling faster. So the faster that wheel turns, the more power is going to it. And the right. wheel that's on the ground is getting less power to an extent where that if that wheel is spinning freely, the wheel that's in the air, then the wheel that's on the ground is getting no power at all. So that's the challenge with the differential, is then if you've got one wheel in the air, your power goes to that one wheel that's in the air. And it's a real mechanical system that's reliant on gearing, which we won't really go into detail now, but there's no brain to it. So there's nothing that can tell it, no, the power needs to go to the wheel that's on the ground. Understandably, it, it just works on the mechanical system, basically. So that's when they then started developing 
an idea to overcome that challenge, which was your first 4x4 vehicles, where they said, okay, we've got the rear axle with a differential and two wheels. What if we added a front axle as well that's got power from the same engine going to the front wheels? So if you've got one of the rear wheels in the air, the two front wheels that are on the ground can still pull you through that situation. And if you've got one of the front wheels in the air, the rear wheels can pull you through that situation as well. So that's where your first 4x4s got developed. And the reason for them being developed is to give you that off-road capability when your wheels start losing grip or lift off the ground. So now the whole vehicle has got drive potential. It's not just the two rear Yes. Wheels. So, so that's to overcome that where your vehicle actually can't go forward again if one of the wheels goes. Now you need two wheels in the air to lose your forward momentum with a 4x4. And unless you're a circus driver or a stunt driver, it'll always be two wheels on, on the f opposite sides of the vehicle and not on the same side. And that's why we call that a cross-axle situation. So if you've got your 4x4 in a cross-axle situation where two wheels are in the air, so say the left front or the and the right rear is in the air, you will still have that loss of motion. But it will take two wheels in the air rather than one with a 4x2. I think it's obviously easier to visualize that, you know, if you're actually in the vehicle and you and you get the example. 100%. So obviously yeah. if you've got a visual aid, it's yeah. really, but I'm trying to just describe yeah. it for you to, to try and get that understanding from, from the limited <laughs> uh, means at our disposal right now. So we're trying to get a visual image of a system that's really physical and mechanical. So that gives you the idea of why the first 4x4s were developed now, obviously, how that power goes to the front, we'll get into that further. That's through your transfer case that's attached to your gearbox. But it's not really complicated. It's just an understanding of the reason behind the developments of the 4x4 systems. Well, I think that um, that's going to be a topic for next week. Willie and I have a lot of reading to do in the meantime because half of what you've said sounds mechanically above my... <laughs> <laughs> my pay grade <laughs> but thank you and um, I'm looking forward to this and I'm hoping that it's going to translate into some real life experience as well okay great thanks for having me excellent see you next week okay bye